Hey, this is Jeff Pilsen, and you, my friend, are listening to Iron City Rocks, where it really, really rocks. Hey, what's up, people? Jason Newstead here. You're checking out Iron City Rocks. Hey, what's happening? This is Phil with Machine Head, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Yeah! Hey, 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 I'm Steve Lightner from Kicks, and you are rocking and rolling with John Paddock on Iron City Rocks, the best in Pittsburgh. Welcome to episode 257 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 257, we have joining us once again on the show. It's been a couple of years. We have Steve Whiteman of Kicks joining us. They'll be in town on January 23rd doing a show at the Altar Bar in Pittsburgh with guests Six Sense, The Crush, and Midnight Rose. Tickets are available at druskyentertainment.com or on TicketFly shows like 22 bucks uh if you're a concert goer uh and saw really any concert in between about 1985 and 1991 there's a good chance you saw kicks at some point uh steve and i discuss in the uh interview it seemed like they came along with a lot of different tours i i know personally i had a chance to see them i believe at least three times in that sp- period of time so you know what a fantastic live band they are i'm going to be coming in and doing almost a two-hour set at altar bar this Friday night, they've got a great new record called Rock Your Face Off. Uh, their first one in 19 years, I believe it was. Uh, so that's available now. So a lot of things going on with Kick. So we had Steve come back on the show, talk to us about what's going on. So without further ado, let's get into Steve Whiteman of Kicks. We have Steve Whiteman on the line. How you doing, Steve? I'm great. How about yourself? Very, very well. You guys are coming in Friday on the 23rd to do a show at the Altar Bar in Pittsburgh. It's going to be great to have you back right in the heart of Pittsburgh. Um, new record obviously came out in 2014. Can we talk a little bit about what that process was like being you know, such a large amount of time between records? Um, been almost 19 years, if my math is correct. 
uh, since the prior record, what it was like to sit down and try to write a new album? It was um, it was liberating, actually. I mean, after Kick went on hiatus in 1995, we all started our own project. So it's not like we were sitting around idle not doing anything. I was in my band called Funny Money that put out four new albums, and Brian was in Rhino Buffett who put out numerous albums. So it's not like we were just sitting around, and Jimmy and Mark uh, were with me in Funny Money creating new music. So when it came time to do a Kicks record, it was like, put the brakes on all the other projects and let's start writing for Kicks. And we got Taylor Rhodes, who was an old friend and an old co-producer and songwriter with Kicks back in the day. We got him involved in the production, and things just kind of fell together fairly quick once we got Taylor involved. We put all of our music that we had been writing into a big pile, and we left it up to Taylor to pick out the music that he felt would most, sounded most like the old kick stuff. So uh, we all put our heads together. We locked ourselves in a room for four days, and we picked out the material, did some pre-production, worked on it, and what we come up with is Rock Your Face Off. Now, when you're writing those songs, you mentioned something in there that kind of caught my attention was the what sounds most like kicks. I mean, when you sit down in this room, I mean, obviously when you did Funny Money, um, Rhino Bucket, uh, some stuff like that, you can maybe go in different directions. But when you're back with the mothership of kicks, you know, obviously your fans expect a certain style of music, you know, from, you know, what we were right. used to with Blow My Fuse and Hotwire. How hard is it, you know, 20 years down the road to get yourself into that mindset to write kind of, you know, what your fans expect? It's kind of like riding a bike. I mean, we did it for 18 years, and we were around the songwriting process all that time. And, you know, we all contributed uh, while making the demos and making the records. So uh, we knew the energy. We knew the humor. We knew the drive. We knew all the, all the ingredients of a good kick song. So it mm-hmm. really wasn't that, that hard for us all to put our heads together and come up with, with good stuff. Yeah, and that's, you know, I, I, I know when I had a chance to first listen to that album, you, you never know what you're going to get when a band's been on a hiatus, you know, or you're going to come back and sound totally different. You know, this album, uh, you could play Hot Wire and go right into this album and not really say to yourself, well, you know, you're traveling 19 years, 20 years in the future. It sounds very consistent, and that was, uh, I think, a really good that's thing. That's great because, to hear. That's really nice to hear. Thank you. You know, and one of the things that I think works out neat with with a you know an album like Blow My Fuse, which I was enjoying this morning, is it doesn't sound like a 30 year old or 25 year old or however many years old that album is at this point. It doesn't sound dated because you guys didn't necessarily follow all the same tricks of that 1988, 1989 sort of formula that so many bands did. You know, we a... purposely did that. I mean, that was a conscious effort to not just be on that bandwagon. We unfortunately got lumped in with that bandwagon when the big flush happened, you know, in the, in the early 90s. But uh, that was always a conscious effort to not look like all those other hair bands, to not mm-hmm. sound like all those bands. We always tried to set ourselves apart and and doing something unique. And, you know, our old bass player songwriter was... Uh, was quite good at that, and sure. um, unfortunately, we got lumped in with everybody else and got flushed out. Yeah, and I think you really hear it, especially in, you know in the in the guitars and things like that. Like if you if you were to imagine the song like Cold Blood with that super huge overdriven you know distorted guitar that was so prevalent at the time, I don't think it would have sounded very well. It would have sounded incredibly muddy. It's that twang of, of the guitars with just a light amount of distortion that I think that made your sound. Yeah. Ronnie and Brian hated that stuff. They, they, you know, they couldn't stand that grunge-sounding guitar or that, mm-hmm. that heavy metal-sounding guitar. They, right. they were more into people like Joe Perry and Keith Richards and 
um, you know, the, the players in the 70s, that, that's, that's where their influences came from. So that's what they, that's what they liked the best. Yeah, and it, it's, it's cool how that kind of translates. Now, on the new record, uh, one of the things I noticed when I listen to Rock Your Face Off is how great the drums and the bass sound. Um, was that a, a, just a, a sign of the, the technology of recording has become different now, or is that a conscious effort to kind of drive that in the mix? That's always a conscious effort. Uh, low end and, and drums have always been a, a signature sound for kicks, and that, the drums was the, actually the only thing we actually went into a real studio to mm-hmm. record because we wanted that big room sound. Mm-hmm. And everything else we did in uh, Mark Shanker's studio in his house. Yeah, it is interesting how many record albums, you know, get produced that way. You know, where, you know, I, I know in talking to Carmine Apathy, same thing. He was doing an album, he does the, you know, he did his drums in a studio, everything else you can do, uh, you yeah. know, much more economically yeah. elsewhere. It, it's amazing. I mean, you can have a, a, what we, we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on making albums in, you know, in exotic locations and these giant studios. Now you can do it in your house. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, it, and it sounds just as good. Yeah, and thank thank goodness because I don't I don't know that we would see many albums being made if you had to you know spend right. the kind of money you did 25 years ago to make a record. You're you're absolutely right. I mean, records just don't sell like they used to. So mm-hmm. uh, you, you got to make them as cheaply as you can. Was there any talk when the band kind of came back from the hiatus about just foregoing making new music and just kind of doing the hits? Was that, that was the original idea. Yeah, I mean, when we first started back in like 2003, 2004, we we were just delegated to doing local shows in our mm-hmm. in our uh, Pennsylvania, Maryland, DC area. We did about five, six shows a year, and that was it. And we never never really expected it to evolve into much more than that until we got a call from an agent from California. His name was Sullivan Big, and had me on the phone for three days convincing me that he could get this band out of this area and back into the limelight. And I kind of laughed at him and said, go ahead and try. And next week he came back with uh, an offer to do Rocklahoma. And that was the yeah. first time we played out of our comfort zone in a long, long time. So I went in skeptical thinking we're going to be embarrassed because these people are not going to know who we are and not care. And there was 20,000 screaming fans on their feet and they were up the whole time and it opened all of our eyes like, wow, you know, we had no idea that this many people still cared and, and there's still a market for kicks. So that, that, yeah. that kind of got the ball rolling. And 2012, we put out a live DVD CD that, uh, that got some attention. And that's what led us to, to, uh, start thinking about a new kick studio album. So we were lucky enough to hook up with Loud and Proud Records and cleaned up some, some uh, legal matters that, that we had with uh, Frontiers Records that allowed mm-hmm. us to go with Loud and Proud and, that kind of got the juices flowing. So about, it took about a year and a half to uh, get the material together, to uh, get a clean slate, and start the new record. Yeah, and I have to say, the Live in Baltimore album, um, you know, really to me said, okay, these guys still have it. Because, you know, I, I had the, the good fortune over the years to see you guys many times live, um, you know, Great White and White Snake and Cinderella, uh-huh. you know, all those kind of stuff. And you guys always blew the doors off the place. But, you know, when you fast forward time, especially with singers, no offense, but, you know, a lot of people who could sing then can't sing now. Uh, and I think the, I agree. Thing, <laughs> the thing about the Live in Baltimore record is, you know, overdubbing or whatever might have been done post-production in the studio aside, there's a lot of stuff on that record that you could not have faked um, that I think, you know, really drove it home and uh, said, you know, this music sounds just as good as it did. 
25 years ago. So to me, that was a, the importance of that record can't be understated because it proved that you guys well, still you. had it. And, 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 you know, Kicks always prided ourselves on our live shows, and, mm-hmm. and we, you know, we tried to sound as much like the record as we possibly could, and, and I can honestly tell you I did not do one overdub on that live CD. I, I'm like, nope, it is what it is. Put it out the way it is because if there's a, if there's a flaw on it, it's live. You're supposed yeah. to have flaws live. They're not perfect. Yeah, and it it really came through. You know, I would not have guessed you didn't touch any of it, but that's that's uh, that's quite a testament. Um, and I think the other thing is a testament is that, you know, you mentioned Rock, Oklahoma, and so many people wanting that market for kicks was the fact that it seemed like you guys, and maybe it was because we were in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, so it was an easy commute for you guys to get up here for a lot of shows, but it seemed you guys were constantly coming through the market in that, yeah. you know, 86 to, you know, 91 corridor. So, you know, you made a lot of fans who maybe, you know, you didn't even realize, you know, and that's, you know, it's awesome. Yeah, so. that, you know, until you, until you step back and, and look at, you know, look at the past and look where all you've been and, and, and all the people you affected, you don't, you don't realize it until you get back in front of them, of, of them again and, and they acknowledge the fact that they missed you and, and they love seeing you again and they're, they're buying merch and they're, they're, they're buying the new record, so it's eye-opening at this point. And again, it's, it's liberating as hell for us to be able to do this again. And it's, all, it's like we're back bigger and better than ever. Yeah, yeah. So um, you guys obviously are doing um, some club dates. You're coming in Friday, as I mentioned at the top there. Um, what is the plan for 2015? I mean, do you guys maybe get a taste of Europe this summer? I don't know. Europe has never been a, a market for kicks. We we have one one little tour over there, and it, it went okay. Mm-hmm. It's not like we've sold a lot of records over there. So um, we, we did better in Japan, actually. We, we had three tours in Japan, and, and all three were, were a lot of fun and very mm-hmm. successful. But the U.K. and, and Europe, just, there's just not much of a market there. Sure. It's funny how many artists so we'll, will we'll tell just, us we'll the opposite. We'll just stay in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah, it was always – it's it's amazing, like I said, how many bands will say, you know, we, we can – do Europe, but it's not cost prohibitive to come to the States and tour. You know, so right. You guys are kind of the uh, exact opposite. So um, is it just you planning on keeping the road busy for most of 2015 with the new record? Yeah, as busy as we can. We got we got Sullivan, our agent, you know, saying, you know, go for it. Because we've been, we've been kind of restrictive over, over the past several years. Um, mm-hmm. I still had Funny Money going, and, and Ron, uh, Brian is still doing Rhino Bucket. Now, Rhino Bucket can go to Europe and do great, but, sure. you know, Kicks just doesn't have the market over there. Um, and, yeah, we're just going to play as much as we can. Hope to get out and play at least. What we do more, more or less these days are fly dates. You go out, like we mm-hmm. just came back from... Los Angeles, we play Thursday at the Whiskey and Saturday at, at a casino in Las Vegas. So we fly out, we do a couple shows, we fly home. There, there's no more palling in a van and, and <laughs> you know, going club after night after night after night. We, you just don't need to do that anymore. So it's much more uh, efficient, it's much more profitable, and it's, it's a hell of a lot easier on the body. Yeah, that's a young man's game playing in the, in the van and, and yes, taking to the road. Absolutely. So Been there, done that. Don't want to do that no more. No, I can't imagine the, the miles you guys must have racked up. Uh, as I said, it's a lot. Like, yeah, it seemed like any time I would buy a ticket to go see somebody, it would be with Special Against Kicks, which was always great because you know you guys uh, blew the doors off every time, so it was fantastic. Yeah, that, that was always the problem. We we were nothing more than special guests. That's why I never thought that we could come back uh, the way that we had because we never had line arenas. We never really mm-hmm. had a string of hit songs. It was. You know, it was those diehard underground fans that kept us alive, and apparently are still out there. 
Yeah, and it was cool. That was one of the things I really liked about the live in Baltimore was it, it was, you know, I was used to seeing your band live in a 45-minute or 30-minute set, uh-huh. you know, to see you guys go and pull out some of those songs that, you know, I've heard on the record but never heard live and how well they translated, uh, you know, because your previous live album isn't one that it's easy to find. Um, so it was nice to have, uh, you know, the live in Baltimore with the DVD, you know, for 15 bucks or whatever right. it was. You had the whole package. Um, it was really, really cool. So we'll look forward. Um, you guys, uh, how, how long of a set do you guys play now? Um, we're doing about an hour and 45. Okay. So we can expect a great night. Uh, do you get a chance? Yeah. Is it, is it hard to introduce the new material into the, into the, the show or does it kind of work well? It kind of blends right in. I mean, I definitely bring it, bring it to their attention that this is new stuff and how much we need them to like it and to mm-hmm. give it a chance and support it and buy it. Because if you want to hear new music from from your favorite bands that are still out doing it, you got to support it. You can't steal it. You, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's got to be supported, or record record companies just can't afford to keep putting out new music if nobody buys it. Sure. All right, Steve. Well, we look forward to seeing an Alter Bar. You're going to be coming in. Uh, great night of music Friday night. So it's going to be a, a Great reason to come out, uh, you know, cold January night. And neither one of us have any football to root for this weekend, so we can come out and see a rock No, show. we don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, I, I deeply appreciate it. All my pleasure. Thank you, and we're looking forward to seeing our old friends in Pittsburgh. It's been too long. A gigantic thank you to Steve Whiteman of Kicks again. The new album "Rock Your Face Off" is available now. Uh, I know it's on Spotify. You can get that uh, obviously Amazon, iTunes, etc. Uh, as he mentions in the interview, uh, great to buy these albums. Uh, you're going to be at the show. I'm sure it'll be at the merch table. As many of the bands coming through the city, uh, local bands, national bands, will sell their CDs. It's always great to spend a few bucks to support them. Uh, usually get it at a great price, sometimes with a signature or whatever. But it's important to buy them the uh, CDs when you can, even if you're buying the digital. Uh, better than stealing the digital, so please do so. But if you're an old-timer like myself, it's always better to have that physical product. I uh, love being able to go downstairs and pull out Blow My Fuse or Hot Wire uh, and listen to those whenever I want. Um, as I mentioned also in the interview, uh, if you're going to spend some money, the Live in Baltimore uh, CD-DVD combo a two-disc thing is really worth it. Uh, what's cool, the DVD and the CD do not have the same exact track listing, so you're getting a little bit of different uh, with each of those. And a phenomenal live band. 
really, really one of the best of that era. Uh, and their music holds up very, very well. So check that out. You can check us out at ironcityrocks.com, facebook.com forward slash ironcityrocks, and twitter.com forward slash ironcityrocks. We're also on YouTube and Instagram, so we invite you to check us there as well. If you'd like to get in touch with us about your band or anything in particular, complaints, comments, criticisms, ironcityrocks at gmail.com. Love hearing from everybody. Uh, don't forget there are a few days left in our Pittsburgh Music Awards. If you go to ironcityrocks.com and scroll down a little bit, there's a link to vote for your favorites. Uh, just take a moment, as I do every year, to talk about those. Those awards are by nomination, by fans only. No one involved with Iron City Rocks votes or nominates anyone. So if your band is from western Pennsylvania and you feel like you were left out, get your fans rallied around in 2015 and you can get yourself on the nomination. So there's a few days left for the voting of that as well. So until next time, we want to thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out Kicks at the Altar Bar on the 23rd.